0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Current Events Discussion podcast. Uh, it's somewhat reduced today. It's just me, Sam Maloney, and Sandre Srihari. Hi. And we're going to be starting discussing the recent border dispute flare-up uh, with India, between India and China, over in... Uh, the Galwan Valley. The Galwan Valley, yes.
1: All right, so the many people did not know that India and China have historically and continue to have border disputes. Um, To understand why this is the case, if you can pinpoint one thing, it was the Simla Convention of 1914. This was a convention between the government of British India and Tibet to discuss the uh, border between Tibet, India, and China. Now, You may notice that one major power is not included, that would be China. The uh, Chinese delegate declined to sign it. In part, this was due to the uh, fact that China at the time was essentially being torn apart by civil war after the fall of the Qing Dynasty. There were numerous local warlords, etc. And that uh, China, I believe, did not recognize the sovereignty of Tibet at the time. So as, a result, to, so as a result, the uh, convention was not established. Now, this didn't really affect anything until we go after World War II to the 1950s, right? At this point, India is independent. China has become communist under Mao Zedong and uh, India and Pakistan have fought their first war over Kashmir. So at this point, there was a sense of almost unity between India and China at the time. Uh, Nehru and Mao Zedong saw to eye on many things, including the imperialism. However, they did, and they were both allies of the USSR. However, they did differ in that Mao Zedong was significantly more aggressive in his foreign policy strategies, whereas uh, Nehru was, to put it simply, not. Now, this didn't really cause much discord between the two until 1959, when China invaded Tibet. Many Tibetan refugees, including the Dalai Lama, moved to India. And India's acceptance of these refugees became a major sore point in relations with China. Uh, Famously, Khrushchev actually had to talk Mao Zedong and Zhou Enlai down from uh, threatening India over the uh, acceptance of the Dalai Lama in in the 1959.
0: However, this was a
1: major... Tonal shift between the two countries. And from then on, it was viewed less with support and more with less. The countries didn't really support each other as much. And there was much more strife and between them. But it still went relatively well until 1962, when the first war between Pakistan and India started. Uh, This war started on a contested border area that eventually led to a shootout, which eventually led to a war. During this war, China definitely had the upper hand. During the early parts of the war, they made huge advances. They the, they had much they had far fewer casualties than the Indian side and managed to advance further. Eventually, Zhou Enlai ordered the advance to stop, and China controlled significant portions of the of the eastern part of Kashmir. Now the federal now the i think it's a federal territory now of ladakh so
0: <clears throat> so at
1: this point india china relations had basically deteriorated as much as they can deteriorate in that they had fought a war uh one which india had lost in 1965 yeah. there was a uh, pakistan tried to uh Tried to retake Kashmir, but lost. But ultimately lost the war with the, an Indian army on the outskirts of Lahore, Pakistan's second biggest city. Before surrendering, this was seen as a major shift in the prior war India had fought, in which they had been, in which they had been completely humiliated. In 1967, India and China fought a war again, although it was really only clashes at two points, uh, Natula and Chola near. Uh, I believe they're near Andhra Pradesh. But at these uh, two sites, uh, Indian artillery managed to destroy Chinese bunkers on the other side of the line and push the Chinese army back. This was the last major conflict between India and China, and it ended with India having the upper hand. Although it wasn't as expansive of a war as 1962, it did start to put the two on an even footing. There were major military are, there were the last debts on the line of actual control, which is the line where the Chinese advance stopped and, where, and beyond which is both Indian-claimed China, areas administered by China which are claimed by India, and China proper. So it's not the border so much as the area where Chinese expanse, at least according to the Indian government, was halted. It's the diff- fact of Chinese map. the
0: map reporter.
1: Yeah.
0: It's by fact, border. but not by the
1: border. So uh, the last major standoff between India and China before this was in 2013, I believe, on the border of China and Bhutan. Bhutan is a incredibly small country, but it is an Indian ally and it is a uh, sort of a buffer zone. So uh, uh, the building of a new road led to tensions and eventually a standoff between Indian and Chinese troops. Uh, That de-escalated peacefully however what happened recently did not now as you have no doubt heard there has been uh, there have been issues with china and india's border since well i think since april or may so uh in on june 6th there was a brief there was a brief bit of closure when they signed a court when they signed this series of accords that were basically just designed to end hostilities however very quickly afterwards the uh, the fighting broke out. So what exactly happened? Well, knowledge on what happened is a little bit scarce. Most of what happens came from Indian military sources. The Chinese military has provided some information, but not really that much. And they've avoided casualty counts because they claim that it would further infer- further increase tensions with India. But Oh, in- I'm sure they would have. What we do know is that in June, on the uh, morning of June 17th, I believe, or I don't recall if it was evening or morning, but yes, an Indian right. patrol group ran into a, an Indian patrol group ran into a Chinese patrol group in the Galwan Valley on a ridge overlooking the Galwan Valley. Um, from what, from what I can tell, and this is mostly Probably what I've pieced together from a border. variety of Indian news sources, they were, the Chinese troops were in, a, were in an area which they had promised to evacuate by the accord reached on the 6th. Uh, there was arguing and fighting, and then eventually uh, an Indian commander was pushed off the ridge and fell down into the valley below, and that started an all-out brawl. Um, according, to some, according to several Indian sources, the chinese side was armed now there are no guns or explosives on the line of actual control it's designed to prevent escalation however uh indian media and several indian military sources claim that the chinese troops were armed with spiked metal clubs which while not in direct violation of that accord are definitely a are definitely something that can be used to escalate a conflict what
0: You're exactly
1: probably. The fighting occurred for roughly six hours and <clears throat> and most of the injuries or deaths were either from falling or from smaller injuries like getting uh, punched, uh, struck, uh, slipping, that were exacerbated by the high altitudes and cold temperatures. Three people, Three people on the Indian side died right away and an additional 17 died of their injuries or were missing and later confirmed dead. On the Chinese side, the Indian army estimated forty-three. The soldiers were either killed or seriously injured, and an American source claimed that the Chinese had lost thirty-five soldiers on the Galwan Valley. So, what exactly will happen next is unclear. The uh, is is unclear. Both sides have no wish to really continue fighting, and as both countries are nuclear powers, a war could be disastrous. Although if it were hypothetically confined to just that one region, like it was in uh, the India-Kashmir War of 1999, there would be no need for nuclear weapons. But in either case, it would still mean a lo- significant loss of manpower, and one of them would lose a significant amount of soft power. So as a result, there, have, a there has been an attempt to de-escalate militarily. However, India has essentially started its own trade war, so to speak, with China over the incident. What exactly will happen next is unclear. However, it seems so far that uh, no further military escalation is likely to happen, barring some unforeseen revelation.
0: Yeah, everybody's too busy fighting the pandemic to get mad about this. Um. And
1: uh, I'd say that's about it. You want to transition to Libya or... Um, well, I
0: think we should discuss this for a little. Um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be the sort of thing where tensions flared up, someone's going to get mad, but it's going to revert back to the status quo. Yeah, I think it really kind of already has <laughs> reverted back looks- to the status quo. Uh, but now India's madder at China than they were before because it yeah. does appear... So- that Chinese troops, rogue or under state direction, did cross the line of actual control, which is
1: bad. Another major issue has been in terms of necessarily defending borders. A while ago, uh, the Indian, I believe, defense ministers, uh, one Indian ranking official stated that India had joined a list of only two other countries, Israel and the United States that could effectively protect their borders and would react if their borders were violated. So we saw that with the uh, bombing in uh, Pakistani airspace after the uh, terrorist attack on the India-Pakistan border. However, it's much more unlikely for this to happen with China. Uh, India-Pakistan are often seen as arch enemies, but it is acknowledged that in the balance of power, India generally has the upper hand. That's not to say that they are absolutely 100% more military. They're going to come on top in every engagement, but India is generally acknowledged to have more power. When it comes to uh, India-China relations, on the other hand, militarily China does have more power than India. So the idea of mounting a counter-strike into Chinese territory, which was... uh, (laughs) <laughs> done with Pakistan would be essentially unthinkable to do with China. Now, the reason why this part of road is this area, Aksai Chin, which was annexed from India in 1962, is so important is because of Highway 219, a Chinese highway that connects uh, Tibet to Xinjiang. So these, so these provinces, Tibet, Xinjiang, the furthest from. Uh, the furthest from beijing are historically the ones that have been the least happy to be a part of china and as a result and as a result china feels that if they don't maintain strict control over these regions that they may either revolt or ferment uh, discord and as we have as historically has happened with tibet and as we have seen with xinjiang china is willing to go to Any measure, or even if it may be a violation of human rights, to ensure that these regions stay under Chinese control. As a result, uh, keeping control of Aksai Chin is necessary because not only would it be a uh, loss in a a national sense, like in the sense of a national spirit, because it would get rid of a national, because it would be land that was once chinese no longer being owned by china but it would also be a problem in a very physical sense in that those territories that are now further disconnected from uh, china so to put it simply there is no room to give okay thank you everybody for listening to our
0: short episode on the recent india china border flare-up uh please stay on the lookout for our next episode on Libya. And I was Sam Maloney and
1: I'm Sanjay Srihari.
0: Thank you for listening.